This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matter to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. In this last segment on stupid things that contractors do, I'm going to talk about five more things that you probably shouldn't be doing in the slower times of the year. And again, I'm not suggesting that any of you are doing any of these things. I'm just trying to help you avoid doing dumb things when it's slower. I mean, I want your bottom line to be as high as it possibly can. And in slower times of year, sometimes, you know, it's not so easy to do that. So just make sure that none of these things are happening and then we won't have to worry about your bottom line as much because you your bottom line will be as large as it possibly can. Last podcast, I talked about the first four. Don't pay overtime to office personnel. Don't pay overtime to field personnel. Don't tell the technicians how many calls they have each day. And tell the technicians how much time they have to complete maintenance checks and warranty calls. So those were the first four. Today, we're going to go through the last five. So there's a total of nine. All right. Number five, don't implement new hardware or software procedures. All right. The slower times of the year are the best time to do all of these. You know, installing new procedures in the middle of the summer is insane. You don't have time to train. You don't have time to get it right. It gets frustrating. People just not in the busy times. You know, this is the best time of year to install hardware and software. It's the very beginning of the year. You've ended your year and you should have that last year closed out. Guess what? It's time for new hardware or software. You know, the field personnel have time to play. And I use the word play because that's what they need to do with the new devices and get used to them before the busy season. The last thing you want them to do is to take scratching their heads going, how do I collect money? Or how do I get an invoice to a customer when it's busy? They got enough to do. By that point, billing a customer and collecting payments should be like, you know, water rolling off a duck's back. They should not even have to think of it when it's busy. That's why they get to play with this stuff when it's slower. You know, likewise, internally, it's easier to get used to new hardware or new software, well, new software, really, in slower times. You know, you have time to ensure that everything's input correctly and you don't have to worry about, oh, it's so busy, let me just put it down on paper or let me do a yellow sticky note or something like that. And it's crazy, crazy busy. And you just, you know, lose it because you don't have time to really and truly understand what the software is. Take the time now. This is the time of year that you absolutely want to do new software procedures. All right. Number six, likewise with new software, you got to do the training at this time of year. You know, I granted, I understand training dollars are not revenue producing dollars. However, this is the best time to train the technicians on technical issues and customer issues. You know, a lot of times what we've done in this time of year, and customers love it actually, is we call the customers on the phone and we say, um, would you mind letting our service technicians come over? And we're doing a training on X and we want to do it on live equipment. And since you're such a great customer, it you know, we'd love to do it on your equipment. It's at no charge to you. And I promise we won't break anything. 
And customers, as a general rule, most of the time, if they're going to be around, say yes. They love free inspections. They love free things going on um, that will help them be more comfortable in their homes. So, yeah, sometimes you just train on live equipment. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Others, if you have training rooms set up, you have simulators set up, you have equipment that you've broken or can break and tell the technicians to fix it. By the way, if you're interviewing new technicians and you have that type of thing, you can really tell what a technician knows to see whether they can diagnose and fix a system that's back in your um, area. So sometimes that's there. But reality is, you know, the reason we don't have training classes in June and July is that you're so busy generating revenue that you wouldn't take the time to actually put somebody into a training class. The best time to do it is now. Now, you're going to say, okay, what happens if we train on cooling and it's February and we don't necessarily need to do cooling activities right now? Or, you know, we're training on this or that and it's the wrong time of year. Will they remember it? Well, hopefully the answer is yes, because they will have done it. They will have gone through it. And then it will go in the recesses of their brains at some point, and it may be a little, you know, scratch your head at first, you know, rusty at first, but they should remember the new training. The best way I know of also to do that is to have the technicians teach, have all of the employees teach on a particular area, some that they're good at and some that they're not so good at. So, for example, if somebody is absolutely phenomenal in refrigeration cycle or they're absolutely phenomenal in drain cleaning, guess what? They teach and make sure that everybody else understands it. And as penalties, if they don't make goals, I like to have my penalty. Everybody teaches a class and brings the donuts or whatever food they want for the meeting. And generally in those situations, if somebody is not good in electrical, I'll have them train on some spot in some part of electrical training. It gets them really good really quick simply because they don't want to look bad in front of their peers. So please train in the slower times of the year. They will remember it, especially if they've had to reinforce it by teaching it. You know, think about if you're sending them to training classes that are outside of your building and have them come back and train on what they learned. It's the best way to reinforce the training that they actually got. Okay, when we get back, I will give you the last three stupid things contractors do in slower times. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. We will be right back. Do you ever have warranty leak issues? One of Ruth King's clients did about four years ago. Thousands of dollars in expense and unhappy customers. She solved this problem for him though. How? With a leak letter that every customer must sign when the service technician discovers a refrigerant leak. Once they implemented the letter, there were no more warranty leak headaches. No warranty leak callbacks. Happier customers. The surprising result was more replacement sales too. To get a copy of the leak letter for free, just send Ruth an email at ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. That's ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. You can't. That's what my daughter Kate told me when I said I wanted to make financials fun. The gauntlet was laid down. The red blanket was waved in front of the bowl. Ronin the Rubber Duck was born. This ebook is a whimsical look at financials from a duck's perspective. To get this fun, easy-to-read Kindle book, go to Amazon and search for Ronan the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. That's R-O-N-A-N, the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. Let me know if I made financials fun for you.
We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Here are the last three things I've identified, stupid things, that contractors do in slower times of the year. This one just drives me insane. You find this great employee, whether it's technical or non-technical. It does not matter. The person's references checked out. If you tested them either technically or, you know, with how would you handle this particular situation and they come up with the right answers, their references check out great. They're moving from another city. Um, and it's February or it's a really slow time of year and you don't want to hire that person. Hire that person. You will find a way to keep that person busy to be able to when it gets busier, you know. Make sure you're testing and make sure that this is the right person that you absolutely want. But you never, ever, ever know when a really good employee is going to walk in your door. And if somebody walks in your door and they're really good, you really and truly want to hire it, hire that person, whether it's busy or whether it's slow. Um, you know, I'll give you a perfect example on this. One of my contractors that I work with, wife got a job offer in another city and the, the job offer was too good to be true. So they both were leaving for the, the other city. And it happened to be in a city where I had another contractor I was working with. So all they had to do was make one phone call. The guy was phenomenal and they had a great tech at this new company. Now, the first company had to find another tech, but the second company got the benefit and knowing that this particular technician was really good when he walked in the door simply because he'd been with a trusted company in the past. So there was like almost no interviewing procedure because it was a trusted situation. That doesn't happen all the time, but there will be times when people are moving from place to place because a spouse got a phenomenal job offer and you have the opportunity to get a really and truly good tech or a really, truly good office personnel, or a really and truly good salesperson. A salesperson should be a no-brainer because great salespeople find the leads and they go digging and they do what it takes for them to stay busy year-round. Um, so that should be not even a decision. It should be an instant thing that you um, snap up. But, you know, <clears throat> let's assume that you do hire this person and what are you going to do with this person? And initially, you'll probably find things through your tickler files and things like that to keep this person busy, or you'll get an office person acquainted with what you're doing from, you know, an office perspective, whether it's dispatch or whether it's marketing or whether it's customer service or whether it's following up on calls or whatever it is. But you'll actually do something that will keep this person busy until it gets busier. Um, and I've also seen situations where somebody is moving and they need a month or two to move, but you've offered them the job and they've signed off on it that they're coming. So this is a situation where you found a really great person. It's slower time of year and they are not coming for another month. That would be cool, too. So, you know, build the best team you can. If a great person comes in and it's not an appropriate time, hire that person anyway. You'll keep the team really good. And you'll find the work for that person to do, right? So that's number seven. Number eight is spending a lot of marketing dollars trying to get new customers. So I see this all the time with SEO companies. Oh, we want you to spend X number of dollars a month. 
Well, spending X number of dollars a month in a slower season is dumb because you're not going to get anybody paying attention. They don't need it. They're not paying attention. It's flying right by them. The only people that pay attention more often than not are those people who are your competition and they're trying to up your costs. Do marketing on the internet, you know, SEO type marketing, pay-per-click type marketing in busier times of year when people are starting to think about what you provide. Don't do it in slower times of year where people are not even going to pay any attention. You're absolutely wasting your money. So, you know, the only people I would market to in slower times of the year are your existing maintenance agreement clients. You know, they're the ones who will pay attention to what you say. They'll pay attention to what you offer them. And you might offer them, you know, specials, nothing below, obviously, overhead costs and break even and a certain net profit per hour. But you might offer them specials only, you know, at this time of year because they are maintenance agreement clients. Um, maintenance agreements will, those customers will pay attention to you, whether it's busy or whether it's slow, because the trust has been built up. If somebody doesn't know you from a hole in the wall and they see an ad for, for example, air conditioning and it's February, they're not going to pay attention. Or they see one in March for furnaces and it's 50 degrees out or 60 degrees out and they got the windows open. They're not going to pay attention. So don't waste your money on SEO or pay-per-click and all this stuff when it's a slower time of the year. Do more when it's busier. That is so much better. All right. And number nine, and I see this happen too, is complain or worry about the slower times of the year. You know, we're in seasonal businesses. You know, we have busy and slow times. So if you want less slow times, guess what? More maintenance, you know. Build a great maintenance agreement program. Even with maintenance customers, you will still have peaks and valleys, although they will be not as high and not as low because of maintenance. So if you're worried about this time of year, remember to be saving 1% or 2% of every dollar that comes in the door to cover cash flow needs that could potentially arise in this time of year. So, you know, if you can keep the cash in the bank and you've got enough cash to cover three to six months worth of operating expenses, then great. You don't have to worry about slower times of the year. And I have one of my clients is in an area where we have tried everything, even for maintenance agreement customers in the month of February. Nothing, and I mean nothing has worked. And so we've stopped marketing and wasting dollars. You know, this happened over a couple of year period and now we just don't do it. And when we put the budget together, we put the budget together that so that February really sucks. Excuse me for saying it that way, but this has happened for a period of, you know, five or six years now. And I remember a couple of years ago, the owner was just complaining about it. And then I said, you know, we hit budget with within $3,000 and we did. And I said, what are you complaining about? I said, it's February. We know it's going to be awful. He goes, I know. I just want to complain about it. All right. So the reality is if you have slower months, they're going to be slower months. Make sure you have the cash to cover overhead and those types of things in slower months. So that's it. Those are the nine stupid things that contractors do in slower times. So let me review them really quickly for you. Number one is paying overtime to office personnel when it's slower. Number two is paying overtime to field personnel when it's slower. Number three is telling the technicians how many calls they have each day. 
Number four is telling, not telling the technicians how much time they have to complete maintenance, i.e. tell them how much time they have to complete maintenance and warranty. Number five is not implementing new software or hardware procedures. This is the time to do that. Number six is not taking advantage of this time to train. It is the time to train. Number seven, refuse to hire a great employee during the slower season. You never know when a great employee is going to walk in your door. Hire them whenever. Number eight is spending a lot of marketing dollars trying to get new customers. Not exactly a good thing to do when it's slow. And number nine, complaining or worrying about the slower time of the year. Have enough cash flow so that you don't have to worry about it if February is always your slower month, or your slowest month, I should say. So thank you for joining us. Choose one thing you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.